Thanks for listening to Victory's podcast today. Connecting people to a life-changing relationship with Jesus is what we're all about. For more resources or to reach out to us, go to victorychristian.church. All right, are you ready for the Bible? All right, Psalm 42, verse 2 says this, As the deer pants for streams of water, so my soul pants for you, my God. My soul thirsts for God, for the living God. Where can I go and meet with God? Well, you could meet with God this morning, couldn't you? I mean, come on. What a privilege to come and just tell God how much we love Him and to worship Him and just say, you are worthy of our praise. I love the, the, the words that song, you're beautiful. It's like, man, that's worship. When you just tell God how amazing He is and how much you appreciate Him, amen? So, so thankful for our, our team. So, Let's, uh, let's jump into the word today. Have I prayed yet? I haven't prayed yet. I need to pray. Let's pray. Father, we love you, and we just thank you for the privilege of being together. And uh, Lord, we're here because of you, Jesus. We're here because of what you've done. We're here because we're your followers and because we love you. And um, Lord, we want to hear from your word today. We want to grow. Uh, we want to learn. Uh, Lord, we welcome your challenge, but we also thank you for the grace that you give us for transformation, your Holy Spirit empowerment, God, to follow you, to know you, and to be transformed, to be more like you, Jesus. Lord, I pray for the empowerment and the wisdom of your Holy Spirit, God, to share your word today. Um, Lord, let what's in your heart come through, let the authority of your word come through. I thank you and I honor you in Jesus' name, amen. Are, do y'all remember what our theme is for the year at Victory? Prayer, prayer right? Just pray, 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 pray. And uh, beginning this year with this series on prayer where we're talking about prayer rooms, which is an analogy of how there are different types of prayer. Most of us have like maybe one or two flavors of prayer that we're kind of used to and that we go and, you know, when you hit play on your prayer, like you even know what it's going to sound like before. Like when I pray for my message before, you guys kind of know. It's like he's going to say this and then he's going to say that and you're ticking the boxes as he goes and it just, we're all getting settled in. But, uh, you know, there's a lot of different types of prayer in scripture and what we're doing week by week is we're going into each of these different rooms. And uh, my challenge and my encouragement for you is try out some of the rooms that maybe you're less familiar with. Because you may meet with God and receive something from the Lord that maybe you wouldn't have received in the other rooms, right? So we've talked so far in the first week, we talked about the war room. We talked about how that's a pretty loud and rowdy room, right? You're not passively telling the devil where he can go. You are aggressively telling him by the authority of Jesus, uh, you know, that he has no place in your life or your home. Amen? We talked about how the intercessory room also can be a loud room and a passionate room, but it's subtly different because you're not really uh, battling. It's more about the passion of, hey, I am coming before the Lord. And the concept of intercession is you are in between a circumstance and the Lord, and you are petitioning the Lord, almost like a lawyer would petition the Lord and saying, Lord, we want your involvement. We want your hands on this situation and we want you to be there. And today, we are going to transition to um, a room called the solitary room. You could also call it the quiet room. Um, I, I think if you're building your prayer rooms, don't put the war room next to the quiet, solitary room, right? You're, 
You're just going to get complaints and that kind of thing. Where I, I mentioned that I think the war room and the, the, the uh, intercessory room probably have a pass-through between them. You kind of hop over to the war room, switch back over to intercession, that kind of thing. But the solitary room is kind of like, I don't know, the room over the garage or something, right? Like it's somewhere else in the house. And uh, I want to read to you Luke chapter 5, verse 15, which says this. Yet the news about him, talking about Jesus, spread all the more. So the crowds of people came near him and he healed, to be healed of their sickness. But Jesus often withdrew, would you say withdrew? He often withdrew to lonely places and prayed. The New American Standard Version says it this way, but Jesus himself would often slip away to the wilderness to pray. You know, I'm confident that Jesus was uh, probably an A-plus in all of the prayer rooms, right? Like, you know, in the intercessory room, like in John, uh, the later chapters of John, when he's praying for his disciples, and he's actually praying for all the believers who had ever come before his intercessory prayer. Jesus was really good at the war room prayer, like, right, he told the devil off in the desert when the temptations came and things like that. He told them with Scripture, hey, you know, you, 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 I'm not going to respond to you on the basis of what you're saying. I'm going to respond by the basis of what the word of the Lord is. He also was in the war room when he was casting out demons out of people. But in Luke 5:16, it says that he often withdrew to lonely places. What I like about that is it doesn't say that it was like a one-time thing. It actually says there that Jesus often withdrew to lonely places, or to solitude, you know, that place where you are all alone, but you're not all alone, are you? He was in a solitary place where he was all alone, but who is he with? He was with his father, right? And that's why, um, why Jesus said he only does what he sees the father doing, it's because he spent so much time with the Father and he knew the Father's heart and he'd received from the Father and he knew what God was, was leading him to do in that moment or the Father was leading him to do. Admittedly, some of us are not very good at alone. Some of us are A-pluses at alone. You're like, I don't even want to be here right now. Right? Some of us are, are, good, are not very good at quiet. Right? We know who each other are, right? That are just, you're not very good at quiet. And, you know, I want to tell you today, though, that God has something for you in that place, even if you're not very good at it. And if you will, I want to make a case to you about the value of exploring the solitary room, the value of exploring the quiet place, because I think God might have some things in there that are just a little different than he has in the other rooms. This isn't heaven or hell. This isn't you get in or you get out. But I think there is a place that we can learn from the Lord, that we can learn from Scripture of going into that quiet place with the Lord. It's not the only room, but it is certainly a room. Amen? And, you know, I got to acknowledge that for a lot of people, a solitary or quiet place can be very intimidating. Um, because what can happen in a solitary or quiet place for some of us is that anxieties and concerns, even fears, will begin to surface in that quiet place. Um, they end up sounding loud when you're in the quiet place. 
But when you have noise around you, when you have commotion around you, when you have distractions on, when you have the music on and the television on, and you have things going on around in your house and things are just kind of a little bit more loud, all of a sudden those anxieties and fears begin to fade a little bit back because the volume isn't as high. The volume of your life is keeping it crowded out. But the challenge is some of those anxieties and those fears, those insecurities, they're not gone, they're just in the background. The key is, in the solitary place, is trusting yourself to the Lord in that place. You, you may have to walk through some things to, to settle down and to quiet down, but I want to tell you that if that happens with you, if you have that experience where anxieties and fears kind of come up in the quiet place... Um, it's not a constant battle. Don't give up on solitude, but there's something that God wants to do for you in that place. I remember for, for years, I, I, I had something happen when I would get into a really deep place of worship or a real solemn time before the Lord, and I would be in the Lord's presence, and sometimes I'd be like laying on the ground and just before the presence of the Lord, and I would have like this very deep sense of guilt that would just kind of surface in me. And honestly, like, I didn't know where it was. And just to be transparent, I kind of wondered if I needed deliverance. Like, I was a little bit like, what is this? Like, what is going on that there's this deep sense of guilt? And I could tell that it was kind of like bubbling up from my spirit, if you will, kind of thing. And I was just like, God, I I don't know what to do with this. It was really unsettling. And so I tried repenting because I thought, you feel guilty, you repent, you're forgiven. Y'all heard that formula before? So I would try. Like, I would be repenting. Lord, forgive me for, I don't know what. Forgive me for it all, Lord. Whatever I've done, you know, like earnestly, like just pouring my heart out and just like giving it to the Lord. I'm like, like, all right, still there. And it was weird because I didn't find relief in repenting, which I always find relief in repenting when I'm, you know, from conviction because I know God forgives me of my sin and I take it to him. And I'm, I'm one of these people like, I don't like to wait to repent. Like if I have a thought that's wrong, like I'm like, I, I want to take care of it right now, right? And just in that moment, take care of it. Finally, what I realized was that God wanted to heal me of something. And I think going through the paces of trying to repent helped me to see that it wasn't something that I had done. There was something deep in me that God wanted to remove from me. Just this underlying guilt. And see, what the Lord knew was that that guilt was motivating some decisions, and that guilt was changing the way that I would interact with people. That guilt was influencing my relationship with God. And you know, God, um, He does bring conviction, and He does cause us to change. But God does not... uh, does not laden us with guilt to lead our decisions in our lives. He removes the guilt, right? Like, we don't go to heaven and go, oh, I feel so guilty being here. (laughs) Maybe the gospel isn't what I thought it was. No, he removes my shame. He forgives my sin. He empowers me for living. And this thing that was in me, it was like the Lord, what happened was is finally the Lord helped me see, this is something I want to heal in you. And I just want you to release it to me. Rather than ask for forgiveness, that was almost like faith itself. Like, because 
I'm so used to asking for forgiveness. I'm thinking, that's the antidote, right? I just got to ask for forgiveness. And the Lord's saying, no, I want to heal you of this. Now, don't get me wrong. If there was a specific sin that the Lord wanted me to repent for, the Holy Spirit is very good at helping me to know what that sin is, call that sin out, ask for forgiveness. Don't get me wrong. I'm all about repentance. I love repentance. It's a gift. But repentance wasn't going to heal the wound. It wasn't going to heal that underlying thing wherever it came from or however it kind of was laden in there. And the thing was is the solitary room was an intimidating place to me because that's where some of those things would surface at times. And so it kept me out. I'm like, I'd rather keep the music on. I'd rather keep the loud. Let's just, you know, let's just keep on moving. Like that quiet was intimidating. But there was something there. Psalm 46 verse 10 says this. He says, be still and know that I am God. That's a really powerful statement, to be still and know that I am God. Now, I want to take a little bit of pressure off of you for a moment here. Sometimes, you know, when you're preaching something, it's like the only thing in the moment, right? And we're talking about the quiet room. The quiet room is not the only prayer room. The solitary room, it's not the only prayer room. It's a prayer room. And my encouragement for you today in this message is, hey, maybe if you've stayed out of that room, why don't you just like kind of creak? Ooh. Probably not good for a quiet room. We need to oil those hinges, right? Maybe we go in there and give it a go, right? Just, just take a moment and, and say, let's see what there is for me. Be still and know that I am the Lord. The solitary place is, or the quiet place, is a place where we experience God. And it is a place where, honestly, anxieties, can quickly be set aside, where sorrow finds a place to rest in the Lord because you know that God is present and he will receive these things. And this is, this is kind of what I'm, I'm myself for you this morning in the quiet room is that you can actually create a spiritual discipline where you can spend time quietly before the Lord. And some of these things, when they bubble up, you learn to rather than attach your um, yourself to the feeling or to the sorrow or to the anxiety that's bubbling up, you actually attach it to the Lord. You go, oh God, I recognize that anxiety. I recognize that sorrow. I recognize that thing that's going on in me. I realize that it's real and it, yeah, it's me, it's my feelings, but I'm just going to right now place them in your hands. I know for me with my grieving process when my mom passed back in 2011, so much time was the solitary place. So much time was when the pain would hit, when the sorrow was hit. I would just go out on my front porch and just kind of give it to the Lord and say, God, this is yours. I'm feeling it. It's real. I know that it's real, but I set it before you. And sometimes it would be 30 seconds. Sometimes it would be five minutes, but I would sense that he would just kind of receive the heaviness that was in my soul and I would keep on about my day. And then the next time it happened, I would just go before the Lord again. You see, the, 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 the solitary place can actually be a great place of just like clearing your heart before the Lord. And you don't have to go in there with a bunch of expectations. The intercessory room is great for expectations, right? You give your list to the Lord. You tell the Lord all the things that you're telling him to, I mean, asking him or preparing. I did that on purpose, right? Like coming before the Lord, right? But the solitary room is just like, just you and the Lord. And wouldn't it be okay if you and the Lord 
just had a moment. Just a quiet moment. I tell you, when, when you experience the Lord in a quiet place, um, there's a, another reality to him. Uh, and I don't mean like he's different. I just mean there's, it's like exploring more of how great and how amazing he is. I love, you know, in our worship and, you know, it's your breath in our lungs and we cry out with praise and like there's something about that corporate praise and presence and and moment and that kind of thing and it's beautiful and it's loud. I tell people, you know, when they're like, oh, I was thinking about coming by your church. By the way, we're a loud church. Just want to let you know. You know, kind of like that's like, you know, that's our worship. We're, we're loud and we're, we really love worshiping the Lord and being outspoken and there's something about God that we experience in that, in that place and there is something in that quiet place. Psalm 131 describes what it looks like to quiet yourself before the Lord. Listen to this in verse 1 of chapter 131. My heart is not proud, Lord. My eyes are not haughty. I do not concern myself with great matters or things too wonderful for me. Watch this. But I have calmed and quieted myself. I am like a weaned child with its mother. Like a weaned child... I am what? Whoa. Israel, put your hope in the Lord both now and forevermore. We put verse 2 back up there again. That is such a beautiful concept, right? I have calmed and quieted myself. And what is the gift of calm and quiet before the Lord? Contentment. This peace before God. Now, I'm going to tell you, that's different than the war room. That's different than the intercessory room. And they're very important and valuable rooms in this house of prayer, right? But come on, contentment? I I hope I'm enticing you. I'm just going to be really honest with you. I hope that I'm enticing you to go, you know, maybe I'll try a little quiet. Maybe I'll I'll, I'll do a little quietness before the Lord and allow this contentment to come. But don't forget my words to you that sometimes what surfaces is the things in you that are bubbling up that you just need to hand over to the Lord. And I want to tell you, don't make it complicated. Just give it to Him. Don't overthink it. Just give it to Him. Don't, Don't try to analyze and process it. Let the Holy Ghost analyze it and process it to you, right? And you just stay between you and the Lord. So in practice, like, how does, how does it work? How does solitude, how does quiet before the Lord? Well, um, it's pretty straightforward. This is not going to be rocket science to you. But first, we just remove the distractions around us, right? Find a quiet place and just put your heart and mind on the Lord. One of the things that I've done recently is um, some mornings of my devotions, I'll take a little timer on my, on my phone, and I'll just I'll hit start uh, and do a two-minute timer. Now, the first time you do something like that, you will be amazed at how long two minutes is. You'll be like, is it ever going to end? Did I put two hours? Like, what is going on here? But I'll just put two minutes, and I will just be quiet for two minutes. And just be in that place just still before the Lord. And I'll, I'll typically in my mind or my heart or even out loud just say something like, Jesus. Or one of my favorite phrases with the Lord is I'll just, I'll, I'll be just like, love you. Like that just kind of 
and just let it sit. Like, this isn't a science that you have to get right. The purpose is to just be quiet and distill your heart and distill your mind and just to say, God, I just want to just be with you. That's it. Now, I've got to be honest with you. I don't hear a lot personally from the Lord in my quietness. For me, personally, it's more about just enjoying being with the Lord in that quiet place. Now, I've got to tell you, I think this happened to me yesterday morning. I hit my timer, and I'm sitting there, and I'm just being quiet before the Lord, and my HVAC unit kicks on. And, like, I just got this replacement HVAC last year, and I'm listening to it, and I'm listening to the sound and, you know, that kind of thing. And I just start thinking about the HVAC and how I wished it wasn't under the, the, the roof line of the house. I wish it was at the eve. I know you don't get distracted when you pray. But, you know, and I was just like, oops, snap out of it. Jesus. Jesus. I just want you to hear, like, that's normal. Don't beat yourself up. I can't do it. Just snap out of it. Just go, Lord, I love you. And let your last 10 seconds ring ring out and just be with the Lord. Those those distractions come and it's like really normal. Don't let it frustrate you or get you off track. Um, Your quiet time may, it's interesting that we often use um, our devotion time. We, We use the phrase quiet time, right? But the it may lead to a conversation with the Lord. It may not lead to any conversation at all. It may just be you being with Jesus. And I, I want you to hear today, if you are just with Jesus alone and quiet, even just for a couple of minutes, it's a win for you. There's something, there's something valuable about that contentment before the Lord and just letting your heart be before him. Um, now, I got to tell you, if you're an introvert, you're like, I love this message. You're just like all day, every day. Why don't we have little rooms that we can go into right now, right? Um, and I'd say that jokingly, but I got to tell you, if you're an introvert, I love an introvert. Because honestly, there's so many of us that take up so much oxygen, right? We just take so much conversation, and it's like you're always hearing from the same people. When an introvert, like, honestly, when an introvert says something, like, I am on pins and needles, like, because it's always something I, like, really appreciate, right? Because it's taking energy for them to share it with me. And you'll be surprised. I'm actually, I used to be um, over the line, you know, I was a decent extrovert. Um, As I've aged, I've actually, like, right square in the middle, introvert, extrovert. I love being alone. Sorry, I don't mean that like offensively. (laughs) Some people are like, oh. No, no, no. But I just really enjoy being alone. And I love being with you. And I just need both in my life. So I I really enjoy that. Um, But if you're an extrovert, an extreme extrovert, learning quiet can be hard. And even as I'm sharing this message, there's a handful of us in the room that we're going, wow, I'm using noise, almost like an anesthetic, to keep what's in here away. And, and I, I just want to tell you man, that Jesus has something for you. Take it slow. Take it easy. But just let him meet you in that place. There's something so amazing about it. Matt, will you come and I want to read this psalm to you. Um, you know how sometimes like when you're focused on something and you go back and you read a scripture, you're like, oh, 
Watch this. Psalm 23, verse 1. The Lord is my shepherd. I lack nothing. He makes me lie down in green pastures, and he leads me beside what church? Oh. And there he refreshes your soul. Isn't that a beautiful concept? He leads me by green pastures, by quiet waters, and he refreshes my soul. And I, I just want to encourage you today. God has something for you in that place. Isn't it amazing that there's so many ways that we can relate to God? So many ways that we can talk to Him. We can crank the worship music and go for it. We can read Scripture. We can listen to Scripture. But there's so many ways that we can interact with this magnificent God who is so great. And you know what? If you never went into the quiet room, He wouldn't be mad at you. And yet, there's something there for you. So here's what I'm going to do. As we close today, I'm going to hit my little timer. And together, we're just going to have a couple minutes. Now, here's, here are the ground rules. You are not allowed to score yourself. Amen? You are certainly not allowed the devil to score you. This isn't about scores. We are just going to, each on our own, take a moment. And the introverts were like, yeah, hallelujah. Why aren't we doing this every week? We're going to take two minutes and just put our hearts and minds on the Lord. Amen?
thank you for your peace. We thank you for your love. There's so much to you, Lord. And Lord, I pray that the, the gift of us being able to be alone with you, God, that each one of us could treasure it, that it be life-giving. God, for those of us who, God, our anxieties want to get loud when life gets quiet. Come, Holy Spirit. Come, Holy Spirit. For those of us, God, who pain wants to surface, Lord, rather than packing it back down, we just say, Lord, come. worship you. Thank you for being a healer. Thank you for being a God who can help us to be content in you. Lord, that you are more than enough. If we have you, it's plenty. We're so blessed. We worship you. God, bless your children today. Pour out your spirit. Love you and we worship you and we give you praise. It's in your name we pray, Jesus. Amen. Thanks again for listening. If you'd like to connect with us or if you'd like to know how you can give, go to victorychristian.church.